Welcome back to the Jamil Gabriel Show. I'm your host, Jamil Gabriel. So let us talk about all the things that have been going on in the past one week to two weeks. I don't even remember how long it's been, but let's talk about it. First, let's talk about the lovely communist state of California. California. That's right. So if you didn't know, Larry Elder is now the front runner um, of replacing Gavin Newsom. And I've mentioned this before in previous podcasts that how it works is that it's going to have it's going to be two questions on the recall. Okay, it's going to say, should Gavin Newsom be recalled? Yes or no. And if more than 50 percent of voters said yes, then it'll skip to uh, two and it'll say who should replace Gavin Newsom. And, you know, there's Larry Elder. um, Caitlyn Jenner or whatever, Bruce Jenner, whatever her name is, okay, his name, what, whatever, um, there's Meet Me, it's Kyle, or, yeah, I don't even remember his name, but he's a good, he's a good person, he's, he makes a YouTube channel, and he talks about finances on houses, and he owns, like, multiple properties, and he, I think he's probably a millionaire by now, but I digress, so Larry Elder is the front runner, and Democrats are freaking out, and they are freaking out big. I mean, really big. Okay, L.A. Times published a story and said the black face of white supremacist Larry Elder. Can can you what what Larry Elder? If you don't know what he looks like, he's like the black guy. I mean, he's straight up black. He, his skin complexion is darker than most people I know, okay? He's pretty dark, okay? And not also that. If you didn't know his story, and I've mentioned this before on podcasts, that his dad grew up in Georgia in, like, Jim Crow South, okay? Treated like crap, served in World War II, and then once he got out, you know, um, he served as a cook. Once he got out, he couldn't get a job, Okay? So he left Georgia. He went to California and tried to get a job. And they didn't want to hire black people. They said, no, you know, no hiring for black people. And then he went to a restaurant and, you know, he said, okay, yeah, I, I had previous experience as a cook. I would like to, you know, work here. And the lady said, no, um, I, we might have a position for you open and, you know, come back tomorrow. So his dad sat in the, you know, office uh, or sat in outside of the restaurant for the whole day. And the manager comes up and says, well, we have a job opening for you, but I don't know what I don't know if you're going to like it. And Larry Elder's dad said, what do you mean? I'm not going to like it. OK, it's a job. I'll take it. And it's like, well, it's cleaning toilets. And he's like, I'll take it. He did that for 12 years before he got bumped up to. um before he got bumped up to a uh, cook. So 12 years he was cleaning toilets and he was damn happy about that. And that's not the kicker, right? Yes, his dad was black. His grandparents were slaves. So that's that's how you could tell that Larry Elder is pretty, you know, black American, okay? Larry Elder grew up in Crenshaw, Los Angeles, okay? If you don't know what Crenshaw is, Boys in the Hood was based around that area, okay? That's where Larry Elder grew up, was in Crenshaw. That's the ghettoist of the ghetto. You cannot get more ghetto than that. And 
And then, on top of that, you have Rush Hour, where Chris Tucker brags that he's from Crenshaw and, you know, proving that he's tough to Jackie Chan. So, this place is the most ghetto of the ghetto. This is like saying, you know, going to Harlem, okay, in the 90s. People will be like, dude, that's hardcore. Yeah, you're pretty ghetto, okay? That's where Larry Elder is from. And yet the LA Times says he's the blackface of uh, white supremacy. What? White supremacy? Really? He's, he's, he's a white supremacist? Okay, okay. This is the joke from that Dave Chappelle skit. You know the one I'm talking about where it's a black white supremacist, but the black guy was blind, so he didn't know he was actually black so he's talking about you know it's really funny he's talking about you know being a white supremacist and everyone's looking at him like dude you're black what so this was a joke and la times thinks it's clear to be running with it so i i don't understand la times which shows tells me one thing one big factor about this it tells me the democrats are freaking out because Gavin Newsom will lose his seat. Come September 14th, he will definitely lose his seat. But I don't know, okay? I mean, they even got Kamala Harris to uh, campaign for him to to vote no on the recall. That's how desperate they are, okay? Kamala Harris couldn't even win her state in the uh, primaries. And yet they're going to have her campaign. Really? They didn't vote for you, Kamala. They didn't vote for you, Joe Biden. They voted to get Trump out. And it shows that the media has a huge influence, okay? They has a hu- very, very big influence. Because I was reading the comments of this black supremacist, whatever, um, that Larry Elder was considered a w- black white supremacist. And someone said, well, they're not wrong. So this goes to show you that people are so inglued into their television that they are so stupid that they're going to believe the media. Okay, they're going to believe this media bullcrap. Anyone with a brain, with half a neuron, can tell that Larry Elder isn't a white supremacist. Okay, he never praised the white nationalism. And that's another thing. Does anyone know what racism is? Racism is believing that your ethnic background is superior than every other background based on the color of their skin or the location of where they're from. That is the definition of racism. Okay? So, if Donald Trump came up and said, yes, I believe that the white race is superior than the black race, he would be a white supremacist. That would be a white supremacist. If Key and Peele, you know, make a movie claiming that white people want to be black because they believe that black people are far superior in terms of strength, and that's what the movie Get Out is about, that would be a racist. But I forgot black people can't be racist. They they just can't. Okay? Which makes no freaking sense. How... Obviously, you're racist. Okay. Anyway, now let's talk about the elephant in the room, or rather, like, the stampede of freaking elephants in the room. We have Joe Biden's Afghanistan withdrawal, which has become a total nightmare 
it is getting worse and worse. And this is what really pisses me off because today 14 people were killed. Well, I think 10 to 14. Don't quote me exact numbers, but they were Americans killed. There are approximately, by estimates, 10,000 Americans still in Afghanistan that need to be evacuated. And this is what really, really pisses me off. This is what truly pisses me off that I think Joe Biden should be freaking impeached for. Okay? The fact that they said, they went to America and said, because Joe Biden said, we need more time to evacuate the Americans. They said, you have till the 31st. Excuse me? When did America negotiate with terrorists? When? When did America lose its balls? Okay? You're talking about a country that during a revolution decided to slit their opponent's uh, throats after they got drunk and partied. Okay? You're talking about a country that wanted to demoralize their opponents. So what did they do? They destroyed everything. General Sherman's march to Atlanta during the Civil War was heinous, okay? It was pretty messed up, but he believed that when you go to war, you go to win, all right? So yes, he killed innocent people, um, his troops raped and pillaged. I mean, it was stuff like the Vikings would do, okay? And Lincoln was furious about it, but they, he didn't even know until he and uh, until General Sherman ended up in Atlanta. General Sherman called him, or rather telegrammed him, and was like, "Yeah, we're in uh, we're in Atlanta." And Lincoln's like, "What? What? How did how did you get to Atlanta so fast?" And General Sherman's like, "Well, we kind of destroyed their railways, we burned all their foods, burned all their crops, and completely destroyed it." Okay. So we're talking about that country. We're talking about a country that another country came and bombed us in a, in a Hawaiian base in December 7, 1941. They bombed us, and we rained hell on them. I mean, literally, okay? We went island hopping and took back every island that this country, that their imperialism took over that they colonized we took them over okay Guadalcanal Guam the Philippines I mean all those islands that they worked hard to you know capture America came in and destroyed them okay and then they're like because the whole purpose of Pearl Harbor because they knew that they weren't going to beat uh beat them they weren't they knew they weren't going to beat America okay but they they thought they were going to sue for peace. They thought that with bombing Pearl Harbor, they could be like, hey, um, we're making sure that you don't get into the war and that you give us back our oil during the oil embargo. Okay? That's what they wanted Midway for. They wanted Midway so they could set up, you know, land or set up, you know, planes and aircrafts and all this other stuff. So that way they could threaten Pearl Harbor. And that way they could be like, yeah, so we're not going to bomb you guys anymore, but we just want to take over the rest of Asia. And what did America do? They're like, hell no. Even after they landed onto mainland Japan, what did they do? They were like, uh, please don't. And they still destroyed them. They bombed, the, they firebombed the entire capital of Tokyo, which I think at the time was Kyoto, but whatever. They firebombed them. And then 
they decided to nuke them. And that's when Japan was like, okay, we surrender. We surrender, okay? You can look at the Jewel broadcast to see what the Japanese emperor Hirohito said. But he's like, yeah, the turn of events didn't go into our favor. Okay, so now you're going to tell me that sleepy, creepy Joe Biden It's like, yes, Amasta. Yes, please. Taliban, we'll listen to what you say. We'll get them out by the 31st. What? Okay, even in more recent times, okay, when Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, he was hoping that America didn't, you know, come on board. What did George Bush Sr. do? He's like, yeah, we're coming on board. We're going to attack you guys. Screw you. Okay? So they defended Kuwait. Mao Zedong, he was on the beaches of Taiwan, and he was about to invade. And Truman's like, if you touch this new land, we are going to nuke you. But yet you have a president so weak that he is going... To the Taliban, they bombed, well, they didn't really do anything. They trained Al-Qaeda to destroy, uh, to kill 3,000 innocent American lives. And yet Joe Biden's like, okay, can you please give us more time? No, America doesn't negotiate. No, get in there and fight, okay? Imagine Teddy Roosevelt. Imagine if he was president right now and the Taliban was like, um, yeah, you're, you had till the 31st. Teddy Roosevelt will be like, all right, I'm going there by myself and I'm taking you guys over. Okay. And Teddy Roosevelt probably would have. Let's be completely honest. He probably would have. He would have went there and just completely destroyed Afghanistan. Afghanistan would be the 51st state or probably, what is it? The 47th or something like that. I digress. Okay. What happened to America's balls? What happened to the cojones? We have the most strongest military in the world. And Joe Biden is like, I'm going to succumb to that. Okay. Do you know how bad that makes America look? That makes us look weak. That makes us look really weak. Okay. And it's been shown. China's like, yeah, we're going to invade Taiwan. We're going to take you guys over. Because I know America's not going to do anything. They even said it. I talked about this in a previous podcast that they even said it. So don't tell me that, oh, that's not true. It is true. It is 100% true. China literally said, if we invade you, America will do absolutely nothing. Of course, I'm paraphrasing. So this is what you voted for. A potato of a joke of a president, okay, that undermines the American people, that undermines the American hardship that Americans have gone through, okay? That we are freaking bread warriors, all right? We are trained to fight, and we will win. But no, we have a crabby leader, okay? Just like Alexander the Great said, I am not afraid of 100 lions led by a sheep. I'm afraid of 100 sheep led by one lion. So, that goes to show you, okay? The world isn't afraid of us anymore. And it's thanks to Joe Biden and the Democrats. Anyway, that's all the time I have for this episode of the show. Thanks for listening. I'm Jamil Gabriel, and I'm signing off.